Welcome to another episode of Ask Danny. Well, I tell you, over the years, I have been asked thousands of home improvement questions. So each week here on Ask Danny, I'll bring in one of my expert friends and we'll tackle some of your questions, share a few tips, and also tell you a few entertaining stories to help you out with your project. So remember, next time you have a question, Ask Danny. And my guest this week is Mark Rutherford. He's a longtime friend of mine, and I kind of like to call Mark the drywall guru because I tell you, I've never seen anybody finish drywall and new construction and remodeling projects better than Mark. He has 40 years' experience at it, and he currently lives in southwest Pennsylvania. Mark, I've been looking forward to talking with you about um, all of these questions we get all the time about drywall and probably one of the biggest ones that we get uh nail pops you you've seen you've seen those a lot G- give us your take on why a nail pop happens and the best way to correct it well uh yeah i have seen a lot of nail pops in my day um you thing about nail pops is they usually happen with new construction um, at, within the first year. And that's because everything is drying out and settling and the house is finding itself. I always say it's kind of like a living person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have the temperatures varying in different parts of the country. Um, older homes are going to be like 30, 40 year old houses are going to have mostly, they're going to be sheetrock nails to hang all the drywall. Since right. then, mm-hmm. there's screws and nails. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you have to kind of handle them a little bit different. Um, with nails, um, what, what you do with the nail pop is you actually tap it with a hammer. If it feels spongy, if the nail is feeling spongy, it means that they've missed the stud. Mm-hmm. So you want to mm-hmm. pull that out. Uh-huh. And then you kind of get the back of your knife and you kind of rub it in because you want all that fluffed up paper or anything, you want it to be below flush. And then you just hit it with a first coat of mud. So you put mud on, and then you scrape everything off because all the mud you want is in that nail pop. Mm-hmm. And you have to let it dry. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to give it at least 24 hours to dry. And then you want to hit it again. And sometimes you want it to hit a third time before you sand. And if okay. I sand something like that, I'm going to be using a vacuum, a small shop vac as I sand to suck up any extra dust. But you, you know, I see, I see. It seems like I see a lot of these nail pops. Um, you know, where where the nail has surfaced, you know, through the surface of the drywall or the mud and everything along stairways, because yep. you know those stairways, uh, both um, on first floor and second floor, that's where it's subject to a lot more movement. And it's funny how that nail, just the friction of it, will slowly make it surface out, much like a nail pop on a roof does. Oh, excellent. Absolutely. And and that's what we see. That's where most of the nail pops you're going to see. Um, another spot might be next to cabinets in a mm-hmm. kitchen or a bathroom where they've actually pulled the, put the cabinets in and they've got them super tight and the nails kind of popped out because or the screw because it wasn't all the way in, wasn't as tight. Like with, uh, with screw pops, I'm going to use a Phillips head. I'm going to Find that top of that head, and I'm going to screw it in. Again, if it's spongy, it means they miss, and I'm going to replace it with another screw. But with the nail pops, I'm going to use another nail. I'm going to tap it in, and I'm going to use a drywall nail, and I'm going to tap it right beside it so that head of that nail catches the head of the existing nail. Ah, there you go. That keeps it from from 
um, yeah, backing you out again. Any, yeah, yeah, it keeps that nail from backing out again. The screws—that's a different story. Once they're in, they're generally in. You might just want to take that Phillips head, screw it in, tap it around, tap it around because you want it below flush. And then, just like with nails, you put mud on your knife, you put the mud on, and you take it all off. You just want to keep that mud in that small area. So the the least amount of mud on your knife, because I'll have it on the corner of my knife, and I put it on, and then I pull it off. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, the less mud you have, the less mess and the less sand. That's right. Miss um, a lot less sanding on that. Okay, another very common one we hear about that a lot of people talk about looking up at their ceiling where the wall and the ceiling meet and the drywall tape is puckering. Um, you know, now sometimes it's a result of water, but other times it's just inadequate drywall finishing. But what do you do when you're looking up at that and, and it's puckered out? Um, it's one of those things we talk about a lot that, um, you know, your visitors and friends that come over may never see it, but... If you know it's there, every time you walk in the room, you're going to look at it. What what can be done about this, the best way to approach that, Mark? Well, like you said, uh, there's different reasons tape's going to pucker. And uh, like you said, water damage, you got to take all that tape off and you got to start again. And I suggest mesh tape. Um, but with when it's just a little bit puckered, a lot of times I'll, I'll get up there and what, what has happened is when they were mudding it originally, not enough mud was left behind or there was no mud there. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden they got mud and then there's a blank spot and you're seeing drywall where they mm-hmm. didn't have mud going all the way across. So a lot of times I'll get the corner of my knife and I'll pick at the bottom of it or wherever it's loose and I'll pick at it a little bit. And sometimes I can get some thin mud, a good mud, and an all-purpose mud, and I'll slip that mud underneath it and then I'll wipe it tight and maybe put a little firm, light coat over the top of it. And a lot of times that'll fix it. Because a lot of times when I find that pucker, it's because mud was missing or there mm-hmm. wasn't enough mud behind it. So if I can get a little bit of mud, sometimes I can get that mud in there and wipe that tight and maybe a light coat over the edge of the tape, and I'm good to go. And then just a little touch-up painting after that yeah, dries sufficiently. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're talking a lot about mud, and uh, basically yeah. that is joint compound. It's a, mm-hmm. a very, very common uh, material to be used. Now, what about, uh, it gets a little more complicated if you have popcorn ceilings. You have those sprayed yes, popcorn is. ceilings, and you've got that piece of tape that's turning loose. It's uh, another step or two in the process there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll try to do the same thing. I'll try to get some mud underneath it and stuff. Um, and if I'm lucky, I'm not knocking off a lot of the acoustic. Um, and if that's the case, I'm good to go. I can get some mud in. I can kind of push it down, wipe it, and maybe get a little mud with my finger to kind of hide that little tape line crack that might be there. But if it's a good significant crack and or it's an older ceiling, what will happen is you'll pick at it and the acoustic's going to come off. And so... When that happens, I mud it, I float over it, a slight coat over the tape, and then I come back with acoustic spray. And there's now there's the big bags of it and stuff, and people really don't want to have to go through that kind of a hassle for a little bit of a touch-up. Uh, they do make products that comes out of cans, and 
I haven't always had very much luck with that. <laughs> I don't think I. I don't know if anybody has. That's a tough one. You can you yeah. can shake that for a full three minutes and still not end up with a real successful. Yeah. That, that that takes a little practice to get that just right. It, it sure does. And any kind of cam product for like a texture, wall texture, or like an orange peel or anything, you really have to like get some practice. So I suggest follow the directions. But then practice on on a piece of cardboard or a piece of plastic that you have hanging up to cover the area that you're working in. Um, so generally, I end up having to get a bag of acoustic spray and uh-huh. go through the whole process. Now, small areas, I've actually managed to put it up with my knife and then kind of manipulate it with my fingers mm-hmm. or using a hopper, spraying the area with a compressor. And and then once you get that sprayed and you any overspray, I usually would have plastic over the wall to cover the wall that I don't want to add more damage to. I remember on one project, um, uh, there were some um, spray areas, and you decided you were going to use a hopper to, to yeah. take care of it. And I saw you, and I go, where's your compressor? Now, I don't need a compressor. These are small spots, and you had it hooked to an air tank. You know, yeah. like you would have like an emergency air tank that you would, you know, have in case you have a flat tire. And you walked yep. in and out of there in about 30 seconds, and the texture just matched perfectly. Now, we wouldn't recommend uh, using a hopper. A homeowner, use a hopper unless you really yep. practice a little bit on it. But, man, you made that look easy walking in and out of there like that. Yep. Over the years, I've used my fingers. I've used, uh, oh, God, what else? Uh, I've used my knives, my fingers. Sponges, <laughs> paper, to- wet paper towels. <laughs> the, the one thing with the acoustic is you want to get a, you want to get it wet enough, and and you want to get it up there and kind of spread it out evenly. You want to get, you want to get the liquid part of it. You want to get everything to cover that drywall real good, and then you can kind of manipulate it down a little bit to to match the others. You know, and and if it is a little bit thick, let it dry and then knock it down with maybe a uh, a brush or right. mm-hmm. or even with a sponge to knock it down to thin it down to help match. And like always, have a good light there, good work light that you can see oh, exactly yeah. what's taking place. Okay, I had a friend of mine that uh, pretty savvy guy and being able to do a lot of work, and he was pretty ambitious. He built a wall and kind of moved some things around and uh, remodeled, kind of extended his kitchen a little bit. So you know, a month or so later, and everything, I said, "Hey, how did you how did your kitchen renovation turned out? And how the drywall turned out?" He said, "Well, uh, the kitchen's great. I'm still eating a few drywall sandwiches, but um, other than that, and I go, what do you mean?" <laughs> He, he goes, well, I didn't do a good job in trying to isolate the drywall dust. Now, homeowners, you know, a pro like you, Mark, you're not going to have to sand as much as others, but that's one of the things that I know a lot of homeowners will have to do, quite a bit of sanding. They don't quite understand how this dust can get everywhere. Give us some tips on a homeowner and how they can really minimize that dust infiltrating every part of their house. Yeah, absolutely. Um now you have seen me do, you've seen me do patches three inches over priceless arc yeah, <laughs> before. That's right. Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, it's people have allergies, lung conditions these days. There's just so much to worry about. Um, it is so easy just to dust the place out. It really mm-hmm. is. 
Um, I use a two-inch wide masking tape, blue tape, um, and uh, and the reason I use that thickness is the plastic I'm using. It gives me an inch on the plastic, and it gives me an inch on the drywall or the ceiling or the cabinets to protect, and it helps hold it on. So I basically do oxygen tents. So um, I'll tape along the ceiling and bring it down the wall. I have plastic on the floor. Everything is kind of connected. And then I have a little door. I make it where I can crawl up underneath and get in there, and I do my sanding, and I let it just settle. I stay in there, let that work. That dust settle a little bit. I dust myself off inside the tank, inside the oxygen tank, and I crawl up underneath, and I give it a little time. One of the main things to keep in mind the whole time you're doing this is you want your AC off and you want your furnace off because the, the vents and that when they come on, that plastic's going to blow around or that dust is going to blow around, and you really don't want drywall dust getting into your heating or cooling system and your vents and stuff, but it blows the plastic around, and that's one of the things you have to keep in mind of. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've all we've all been wearing a lot of masks lately. Uh, hopefully that's going away. But this is one time you do want to wear a mask, a good mask yep. that'll protect your your breathing and keep all of that uh, dust out of there. Yep. After forty years, I'm surprised my lungs are not solid plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I am too. Hey, if you have a question about your home or just need a little help with the project, head over to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Use the form there to send photos, share what you're working on, and ask us any question at all. Okay, Mark, all these years we've been out there, we've seen a lot of things, but what is a, uh, we like to ask our guest about uh, a funny, scary, or unusual story that you've observed over the years. What do you, ha- what do you have there? Well, I, I got a lot of them. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, the scariest uh, thing I ever saw was um, I had a builder c- come to the job site and get me, and they wanted me to go look at another house in the subdivision that was going on that the homeowners were doing. And when I walked in, the homeowners, the whole house was hung with pieces of scrap drywall. They had gone through <laughs> All, every house in that development that had been built, they went and got all the scrap out of the dumpsters, whether it had been wet or it didn't matter if it was a, a, a corner piece angled. And when I walked into that house, it looked like a 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. Whoa. And we're talking, we're talking pieces like jigsaw pieces. Um, no exaggeration. With gaps an inch wide in between places and the drywall throughout. And they asked if I was going to could drywall it. Oh and, boy! Uh, that was a big no. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I haven't been scared from a lot of stuff before, but that made me take a back stop and say, no, I'm not touching. It'd oh, be. I can. Yeah, that's absolutely a scary one there. When you and especially you know a lot of people don't realize that you know when you're hanging drywall, you have tapered edges. So mm-hmm. you know you have these two edges that come together, usually you know in a horizontal situation, and that allows you just a little bit of um, room for that drywall joint compound to go in. But boy, you put two butt joints together like that, or especially if it's swollen up a little bit in a dumpster from rain. Wow, mm-hmm. there's not enough drywall compound out there to make that place look good. 
Yeah, the, probably on that job, the probably the biggest piece is probably two foot by four foot. <laughs> well, it, that's it that's scary. one of those that's one of those and things funny. you say. You know, they met well. You know, they yeah. met well. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, anybody I I give props to anybody that's willing to take on any kind of remodeling or anything like that. I mean, I gotta give props to them. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. know what you can't do until you tr- until you try. Absolutely. Speaking of which, last little piece of advice for homeowners, just something that when someone's standing there, they're they're looking at the Internet, they're watching today's homeowner television show, listening to our radio show, and they're thinking, okay, I may want to take on this project. What's what's that little piece of advice that you could leave a homeowner with right now? Uh, with the drywall, uh, you know, if you're doing anything along cabinets or baseboard or anything like that, put some tape down. Mm-hmm. Uh, put some plastic on to protect those areas, um, and then use the right mud. There are so many different kinds of mud now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to promote any one particular mud, but uh, go with a green lid or a black lid mud. Right? Mm-hmm. Read the side of the bucket, um, mm-hmm. because some mud you can, and you want an all-purpose mud because it's all-purpose, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of mud that you can't tape with, and um, that's great for coating, but not good for taping and stuff. And the other thing is be patient. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. for me, it's stages. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, like spotting a nail, let it dry first. Then if, and then if you've gotten too much mud, do a little sanding and then coat it again because it's going to shrink every time. So right. usually nails will be like three coats. Mm-hmm. And just good. be patient about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, well, see, you've demystified a lot of the areas of the home. You know, drywall is one of those things that does require a bit of skill. But as you're saying, if you take your time and do a little bit of, you know, research ahead of time, you can make it very successful. Mark Rutherford, we appreciate you being with us and, uh, and uh, be careful when you're up on those stilts. That's uh, yeah. that's, that's still a scary thing to see. Someone, you know, it's like a circus act when you're up on stilts and you're 12 feet up in the air spreading uh, drywall compound. Wow. Yeah, you know, and at 60 years old now, you know, I always figured I could always get a job uh, at the circus uh, <laughs> on stilts but uh, for my retirement gig. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm still hanging tough. <laughs> well, good, Mark. Thanks so much for being with us, and uh, we'll definitely talk again. Oh, always a pleasure, Danny, and uh, to everybody out there. You don't know until you try. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ask Danny. Hey, I'd love to hear from you, so I hope you'll take a moment to leave a review and follow this podcast. I also invite you to visit todayshomeowner.com slash ask, where you can send me any photos, ask any question, and let me know what topic you would like to hear more about. Hey, I look forward to sharing more with you next week. So remember, next time you have a question, ask Danny.